Five years ago, I got extremely sick on a trip back from Haiti. Last year, on the brink of death, I turned my life over to Jesus Christ and he healed me. Now I'm on a mission to help all others who are sick and suffering by introducing them to the healing power of God. My name's Clark Varon, and this is the Healed by Faith podcast. Welcome to your spiritual path to healing. Hello, and welcome back to the Healed by Faith podcast. This is Clark Varon, and we are in the third episode of a series called Spiritual Foundations, and today we're going to be talking about building your temple. But before we get into today's episode, let's first recap on what we've just covered over the last two days. In the first episode, we talked about how without a spiritual foundation, we can work super hard in the physical world, but then wonder like, hey, why is life not the way that I want it to be? Why are my relationships falling apart? Why are my finances? falling apart? Why even is my health falling apart? There are so many things that God can help us with in this lifetime if we focus on both the spiritual and the physical at the same time. And we looked at the book of Haggai when the prophet Haggai came to the Jewish people after they had returned from Babylon. And after they returned from Babylon, they came back to Jerusalem, to the promised land. And in this promised land where God said, this is where you're going to have plenty. This is where it's going to be a bountiful land for you, right? And you're going to thrive and you're going to, you're going to flourish here. They came there and they're like, this doesn't feel like we're thriving. It doesn't feel like we're flourishing. So what's going on here? And they felt like those promises of God no longer existed. And we talked about how this is probably how people feel about the American dream today. You know, the American dream was something that, you know, a hundred years ago or even 50 years ago, people would come to America and it would be like, I have this new opportunity, this new life in this promised land in order to be able to flourish. Now, back when we first came to America and we had this American dream, we were very spiritual people. You know, we came here for religious freedom. And over time, we eventually got wealthy and we kind of forgot about God. And we felt like, hey, we don't really need God anymore, forgetting how we actually gained our wealth. It was through faithful people. And now we don't have as strong a faith in America today. There's 500 churches closing per day. Anxiety is growing through the roof. Depression is growing through the roof. We have all kinds of financial issues, financial inequality. All of these big issues, the prophet Haggai and God would say that it's because we have lost focus on our spiritual foundation. And before we actually build our spiritual foundation or before the spiritual foundation is built, first, during that building phase, when we when we make the decision like, okay, I'm not gonna try to do this on my own anymore. I'm gonna try to do this with God. The moment that we make that decision of, I want to build my spiritual foundation, God says, I will be with you. And we looked at, in episode two, what that looks like. So whenever God develops someone spiritually, or even the the nation of Israel spiritually, he puts them through tests and tribulations, which is what we talked about in episode two. And so there we talked about how Moses in Deuteronomy chapter eight told the Jewish people, remember the long way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you by letting you hunger, then by feeding you with manna, with which neither you or your ancestors were acquainted in order to make you understand that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So know then in your heart that as a parent disciplines a child, so the Lord your God disciplines you. And so we looked at how God will test us and give us trials in order to humble us. Why does he need us humble? Because he wants us to depend on him first. But if we're not humble, if we think, hey, we can take care of this on our own, or perhaps even money can solve our issues, then he's not gonna be able to use us 
for a higher purpose, for his purpose, because we're going to be trying to figure out everything on our own without listening to him. So he gives us trials to humble us and to test us and to see what's in our heart, whether or not we will keep his commandments. And he disciplines us the same way a father disciplines a child. So that child can grow up to become who they are capable of becoming. But one of the beauties of this is if we look at what Paul said when he was writing to the Corinthians, he said, God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you will be able to endure it. He's saying, God is going to test you. Don't expect it to be easy, right? But even in the difficulties, he's never going to test you too much. You will always have the strength to endure. He's going to test you just the right amount so that your faith will grow so that he can discipline you and he can work on you and he can shape your mind. He can shape the way that you live and he can turn you into somebody that he's able to actually use for his purposes. So that's why he gives us these tests. But so far, we haven't talked at all about what it actually means to build your temple, right? What does, what does it mean for you to build your temple? You know, the prophet Haggai said, we have to build the temple before we can be blessed. Well, today we're building our temples as well, but our temple is no longer a physical building. Our temple is ourselves. Look at what Paul said in, in the first Corinthians chapter three, verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is holy and you are are that temple. You are the temple of God. If you want strong spiritual foundations, then you must build up yourself as the temple of God. Now the question becomes, how do we do that? What does God want us to do in order to build up ourselves to become a temple of God? Because when God dwells inside of us, when God lives inside of us, he guides us through the Holy Spirit. And for me, this, this sensation, it's literally like this light and this like fire that lives in my chest that makes me feel so compassionate for the poor, makes me feel so much love for people who need, who are going through suffering, you know? It, it guides the way that we live and it actually shapes the way I want to live because that feeling of God living inside of me is the best feeling in the world. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's the best feeling in the world. Paul, in his, in his letter to the Romans, gives us an idea of what does this temple look like. And this is Romans chapter 12. It's one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. It's super short, but it gives you an idea of what does it really look like to become a Christian. And this is what he says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. Sacrifice your life for God, right? Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now he's saying, sacrifice your life to God, right? And become holy and acceptable. He doesn't really define holy and acceptable, but here's the thing. You kind of already know what is holy and acceptable, don't you? You already know what is morally right and what is morally wrong because God is still shaping you through your heart. 
And when you do something that's wrong, you know that you're doing the wrong thing, right? You know that you are committing sin. Most of the time when we sin, we actually know that we're sinning. There are some times when we may not know that we're sinning because we're not guided by God. But if we set that intention out there to God that I want to build my foundation with you, then he will guide us through our hearts. And he can also guide us through scripture as well. So he doesn't define it because we have a way to discover what is holy and acceptable through searching our hearts and through searching scripture, which the Jewish people they're speaking to had access to back then as well. So it says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world shape you because the world is full of sin, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. The renewing of your minds. We must renew our minds in Christ so that you may be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. When we renew our minds through Christ, through study and through prayer, he shapes us so that we can discern the will of God so that we know what is right and acceptable. And then eventually we won't need to follow a book. Not that, you know, reading the Bible is ever going to grow old or anything, but we will know in our hearts in the very moment when we're faced with a circumstance, what does God want us to do? Because we will be shaped by the Holy Spirit and we will feel heartbreak when God's heart would break. Like when we see a homeless person on the street and our heart breaks, that's God's heart breaking inside of us. And when we see love and admiration and worship and praise, that's God guiding us for the things that he loves, that he finds holy and acceptable. And so we want to renew our minds to think more Christ-like. And the way that we do that is we get to know Christ. We actually read the stories of Jesus. What did Jesus actually say and what did he actually do? And the way that we know that we're acting Christ-like, we can see during the, through the marks of the true Christian, is Paul says right here, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Now, everything up until this point actually is like pretty self-explanatory or pretty obvious, right? Like, let love be genuine. Sincerely love the people that you love. Like, open your hearts to them and feel that love and shower people with love, right? Hate what is evil. Like, dis when, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you automatically get this disgust instinct when people commit crime and evil and it hurts you to watch the news and see the terrible things that people are committing to, to see to see terrorism to see war to see violence it physically hurts you right the more you're filled with the holy spirit the more of a disgust response that you're going to have with these evil things it literally is hating what is evil hold fast to what is good you know stay in the good love one another with mutual affection outdo one another in showing honor do not lag in zeal pray Praise, praise, do not lag in zeal, but praise. Throw your hands up to the Lord when you worship. Be ardent in spirit and serve the Lord, right? These are all pretty obvious things, right? Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, never give up in your prayers, knowing that there's hope in the end and contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, give to those who are doing God's work. 
right? All of this, none of this is really surprising, yet it's all a great reminder as well, isn't it? But here's where the marks of the true Christian really come out because this is where Christianity gets surprising. Bless those who persecute you. How many of us want to bless those who persecute us? Not many, but this is what Jesus said. He said, love your enemies, you know, and bless them and pray for them. Bless and do not curse them. This is contradictory to what you would expect to do when someone persecutes you and curses you. You wouldn't want to bless them. Why would you want to bless them? But this is the mark of a true Christian because it's contradictory. It's love when love is not even deserved. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. So when someone has something to celebrate, you don't get jealous of them. You rejoice with them. Weep with those who weep. When someone is going through a hard time, a sad time, you don't avoid their pain and suffering, but you weep with them. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, right? Associate with the lowly. Don't be so prideful that you think that I'm too good for them. I have too, like, I'm not going to spend time with the homeless. Guess who Jesus hung out with? Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners. And he said, I am here for the sick. Those are the people who need a physician, not the healthy, but the sick. And so he purposely went for the lowly. He purposely spent time with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Once again, that comes to pride, right? Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. And this is, I love this part. This is one of my favorite parts in the entire Bible. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now I want to stop right there for a second. He says, don't repay evil for evil, but leave room for the wrath of God. What does that mean? Don't repay evil for evil means, hey, when someone commits evil to you, you don't get sucked into their wickedness. You shine light on the darkness, right? So you don't pay evil with, with more evil. That's how more evil gets corrupted. That's what the devil wants us to do when, he, when people commit evil to us. But we actually return evil with good. And that, that is like pouring hot coals on the heads of your enemies, right? Because when someone commits evil to you and you commit grace back to them, their guilt is going to repay them, right? And Paul says here, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And in this lifetime, it seems like a lot of evil people get away with a lot of evil, doesn't it? It doesn't always seem like people who do evil end up with the worst side of things. A lot of evil people end up becoming very rich through their evilness, through their wickedness. But vengeance is mine, says the Lord, means that even in this lifetime, if they seem like they're living a better life, which I bet you they're not, I bet their heart is sick. And that even if you are more, even if you are poor and you're persecuted, if your heart is healthy, that's a much better way of living than someone who has it all physically, but their heart is sick. But even in this lifetime, if it feels like they are not persecuted, God is going to take care of it in the next lifetime. And if you've heard stories of people who pass from this lifetime into the next lifetime, like people who end up you know, dying and having near-death experiences and then get resuscitated. Those people, there's stories, about one-third of people who have died and who have had these types of experiences come back telling about the stories of hell. Two-thirds talk about heaven. One-third talks about hell. And that one-third that talks about hell, it sounds unimaginably wicked, what they have to go through. And God is just, right? So if someone lives wickedly and persecutes you in this lifetime, God's going to take care of it 
in the next lifetime. He's going to take care of it in the afterlife, right? And so you don't have to do anything. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. Once again, mark of a true Christian. This is not common knowledge. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. They're your enemy. Why would you feed them? But this is what true Christians are. This is what Jesus taught. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals over their heads. Do not become, do not become, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The way that we overcome evil is by doing good and returning good, even when it's completely unexpected of us. Now, all of this comes down to what? All of this comes down to love. And if you're just starting to build your temple with Christ, then you don't have to overcomplicate it. God's going to guide you on what you need to do and how he wants to shape you, knowing that everything that Christ did, he did from a place of leading a life guided by love. And that's what all of these things are. Love genuinely and hate what is evil. When people commit evil against you, love them back and pray for them, knowing that their mind and their heart are trapped in wickedness. That's not who they truly are. You know, people in their pure state, we are the pure essence of love in our pure state. And that's what a holy temple to God is. Now, we lived through a period of brokenness. We have generational sin that's passed down generation after generation. This is the whole story of Adam and Eve, is that our ancestors committed sin. And by committing sin, they ended up breaking that oneness with God. And the whole story of Christ dying for us and becoming resurrected and overcoming that death He overcame spiritual death in the afterlife so we may become whole with God again now and in the next lifetime. But it's that wholeness with God. When we are completely whole with God, we are nothing but the pure essence of love. In our hearts and in our souls, we are love. And it is love that is the new temple of God. You know, God didn't even want the Jewish people to build the temple in the first place. The Jewish people wanted the temple, but God always wanted our hearts to be the temple. And when you focus first on building up that temple, building up your heart of doing the right thing, God's gonna test you and humble you to see what's really in your heart so that he can reveal to you the weak spots that you still have. And in those weak spots, he's going to try you in the areas that you are weak, but he's never going to push you beyond your limit. He's going to push you just to the edge, just far enough for you to be able to grow. And you will always have the strength to resist evil and wickedness. He's never going to push you past your limit. He's just going to put you in that growth zone. And if you persevere through the tests, persevere through the tribulations, the the faster you persevere, the more disciplined you become, the more you practice your discipline over your mind and over your heart, and the more you act Christ-like, and the more you let God guide your life in humility where you give up control and you give it to him, the faster he's going to be able to help you build that temple as you're building that foundation. And you're going through all of these tests until you finally get to that foundation. And when you are rooted in faith, and you are guided by God, that's when God can actually use you for his purposes. And when he is using you for his purposes, 
he makes sure that you are protected, that you are blessed. Now, in the prophet Haggai, the people who were suffering back then, they had financial stress, a financial burden. The spiritual blessings aren't always financial. You know, spiritual blessings can become spiritual. It can become blessings of health. It can become blessings for your children or for your family. The blessings that are promised through faith doesn't always mean that you're going to make more money, but it does mean that through your low points, God is going to be with you and he's going to make them a little bit easier. And through your high points, God is just going to make them even higher. That's what it means to be blessed. And that's what's possible for you when you build strong faith foundations. But to do that, we need to restore your heart to a place of absolute love. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for teaching us how these ancient people have lived through you and with you over the millennia. And I thank you so much for recording them and inspiring these prophets and these people to write down their stories, to write down the reasons why they were suffering in the physical world because they were focusing too much on what is physical in front of them, too much in front of their problems, not inviting you into their lives in order to help them overcome these physical problems. I thank you so much for reminding us that if we want strength, if we want abundance, we want blessings through you, that we must also build our faith foundation. I thank you so much, dear God, for giving us the tests and the trials and the tribulations that are going through our lives. And we give thanks to those things. We give thanks even for our hardships because it's our hardships that end up building us up. It's our hardships that discipline us the way a father disciplines a child so that we may become more holy, more filled with love, more filled with spirit. And through the spirit that lives inside of us, as us as your temple, we may be guided in love in order to be able to love on each other even more, in order to spread that, that feeling of the spirit among our neighbors and through our family and among our community. And that we may just overcome evil with that same love, with that same compassion, knowing that we do not repay evil for evil because that's what the devil wants. That's how we, that's how we foster hatred and darkness. But we dissipate evil with light. We dissipate evil with love and with kindness. And by doing that, we soften the hearts of those who have persecuted us. And it's their guilt and how they have treated us. When they continue to treat us harmfully and we continue to return the love of Christ to them, that is ultimately what makes them feel that burden that when God persecutes them through that guilt and they feel it in their heart that they know they're doing the wrong thing, that they know they're in the wrong, they know that they should be acting more righteously. That's how we deal. Thank you so much, dear God, for teaching us these incredible lessons. I thank you so much for guiding us with love and light. And I pray today that everybody listening to this, everybody here praying with me today may be filled with the Holy Spirit, dear Lord that you may guide them on their path, that you may give them strength in order to overcome the trials, that you may discipline them and that they may acknowledge the trials that they're in as opportunities to be shaped by you, dear Lord. I thank you so much for pouring your blessings down on those who are faithful and on those who follow your purposes for their life so that you may fulfill the coming of the kingdom, that we may live as servants for you. We're here for you as the king. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if this episode really hit home with you and you've decided it's time to really build my faith 
foundation, then please download some free resources that I have for you. These are my top five free resources that I use that really helped deepen my faith during my spiritual journey. Thankfully, I had amazing mentors around me and they guided me to these resources. And with these resources, I was really able to accelerate my faith journey. So I'm going to share them with you as well. You can download them at spiritualpathtohealing.com slash the number five dash free. That's spiritualpathtohealing.com. There will also be a link to that in this podcast episode as well. So you can just click that link and download those five free resources. But I highly recommend it. These are the things that really helped me build my faith foundation and hopefully they can help you build yours as well. Thanks.